0: and welcome to A Practical Home, a podcast for cottage witchery in the suburbs. I'm Mandy, and I'm glad that you could join me this week. Thanks for joining me again. If you're new, welcome. If this is not your first time listening, I don't have too many updates from previous episodes, not a lot of housekeeping to catch you up on. I have just been... Working through my reading list per usual, as I've been talking about for a while, I did take a couple weeks off during the holiday season um, just to kind of chill out and work on some projects around the house, work on some projects for baby number two, and now I feel like I'm ready to play catch up a bit and get some of my episodes that I've had outlined forever, get them actually up and going. I did make time to watch some TV shows recently. I am the last person in the world to watch Bridgerton, but I finally did it. <laughs> it took me a while. To be totally honest, it took me a while to get into the first episode. Um, I love period piece uh, uh, films and television shows, books, whatever it might be. But the the style of Bridgerton was um, I, I guess not what I expected, and so for the first twenty or thirty minutes, it was hard to get into it. Afterwards, I did really enjoy it. <laughs> I could see why everybody loves it; it's great. I also have been watching Undercover Underage on Discovery Plus. I think I'm finally caught up on all of those. It's a show. If you haven't heard of it, it's, it's a show where people um are trying to catch child predators online. It's just very interesting seeing their um perspective of their um, organization and, and how they operate and their successes versus their failures, et cetera. I also finally watched a movie that ha I had been putting off forever. I finally saw Chocolat. That movie is so old <laughs> and I had just never watched it. And I always felt like I looked at the cover of it at blockbuster, family video, whatever, and just felt like it wasn't a movie for me. And it absolutely is fantastic. It's very magical, very whimsical. It's just a really great story. I really enjoyed it. So I highly recommend that if you haven't seen it and feel free to uh, poke fun at me uh, if you have seen it and you saw it 15, 20, 20 years ago, way ahead of when I did. Other than that, I did pick up two new books this week. I got the Green Witch's Grimoire by Aaron Murphy Hiscock. Um, I read uh, Aaron Murphy Hiscock's House Witch, and I have a couple other books of theirs in my stack. And this one was uh, right in my face when I was at the bookstore the last time, and I decided to go ahead and pick it up. And I did pick up the hardback version of Plant Witchery by Julia Diaz. I have the digital version, but there are some books, this being one of them, where I really wanna have the physical copy so I can add bookmarks and stickers and make notes if I need to, or um, slide in little pieces of paper for notes, whatever it might be. I, I just find when it comes to really great reference tools or books that I'm gonna go back to again and again, I always wanna have the physical version. I am very analog that way, though. You probably know that. Well, without further ado, let's jump into today's topic. I wanted to talk about managing a magical household kind of on a whole. I've talked about a few topics here and there in previous episodes, and... I guess just because of the time of year it is, and maybe because of my third trimester nesting, whatever it might be, managing a household in its entire process has been on my mind a lot. So I think this is probably going to be a part one of question mark, um, depending on how 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 much um, I cover going forward. But I wanted to um, Kind of hit on a few different things that I feel are so important to me when it comes to managing home and how you can add magic into those mundane tasks, whether it be for creating efficiencies or ease of use for yourself um, or just inviting the universe to make some of those uh, mundane tasks easier for you. The first section I wanted to cover was budgets and finances. So when it comes to managing a home, um, you know, one of the great keys to success is understanding your budget or at least understanding your inflow of cash and how that can best be applied throughout your pay period. That's a very mundane task. Some people really enjoy managing their personal finances. Some do not. And I think when it comes to, um, I think when it comes to taking care of that side of household management, regardless of how we feel about it, sprinkling in a little bit of magic makes it a more fun and also um, allows you to take more control over your cash inflow and over your budget and your dedication to sticking to a budget and things like that. So first of all, when you have identified what your budget is, or maybe you're looking over your finances and you've identified some bills that need to be paid, this is a great time to incorporate some money magic with spells and petitions. When you're petitioning for finances or for prosperity, you can ask the universe for money to pay a specific bill or ask the universe or whatever your deity is, however you might practice, to increase the value of your income every pay period. You can also ask in a petition or during a ritual or during a spell to help you keep from losing money. Maybe you're gonna be going on a trip or you find that you're having um, a spending habit that you're trying to get control of. That's another great way to work in some money magic. When it comes to petitioning for money, I find it best to always go into whatever ritual you're performing with a very clear picture of what you want the outcome to be. Be very grounded and very precise in what you are asking for. An example of this is if you're paying a bill, maybe you just want to petition for, um, you know, say $2,772.39 that you need to cover this bill. So you're asking for a very specific amount of money. The second part would be to dictate when you want that money to come to you. Let's say you need it by the end of the month. So you might say before the end of the month, or on a specific day. If you don't have a set date, but you want to be able to um, make your time frame small, so it, you know you're not waiting years and years and years for the universe to bring that money your way, you could say that you are looking ahead uh, two months from now. On the 15th is when you want this money to be placed. Where into your bank account? Uh, money that you might just receive it by any means? Um, is it something you want to see in terms of a bonus or um, a, a pay increase? How do you want to receive that money so you can cover that bill? You should also be very clear on how you do not want to receive that money. For example, if you don't want to receive money um, because of the Uh, loss of a loved one. You don't want to inherit something um, from their will. You don't want someone to to die in order to um, give you that cash payout that you are needing to cover this bill. Be very specific that you do not want anyone to be harmed, you don't want any death caused, and you don't want to lose anyone uh, that, that you are close to in order to receive this money. So if you're going to be petitioning for some money, how can you kind of put that petition in motion in terms of spell casting or a ritual? I think it's ideal to look at creating uh, a money bowl or a money sachet whichever you're more comfortable with having around and using that as the source of all of your financial energy Everyone has a different idea for how to create a money bowl or a money sachet. There's different recipes out there. There are so many different spells that you can find online if you want to pull something that's already pre-made or you know there's so many different combinations of ingredients that you could apply uh, that suit your need. But really if you're making a money bowl, you're going to be putting all of the items that you want to draw money towards you into a bowl or a cauldron of some kind. And a money sachet would just be putting it in some type of uh, like charm bag type carrier or um, some type of, um, uh, you know, lightweight fabric or, um, you know, wrapping it up in like a tarot bag, whatever it might be. some things you might want to add to your money bowl or money sachet would be money oil. Money oil would be made using a carrier oil and then essential oils, herbs, crystals, etc. that are associated with drawing money and prosperity to you would be added and your energy would be combined with that and you're infusing that oil with the intention of drawing money to, to you. So anything that the oil touches, whether it be inside of your money bowl, on the rim of it, inside of a money sachet, on your person, in your wallet, on your purse, on your backpack, whatever it might be, you're going to be bringing that um, that uh, universal call to you of drawing that money and drawing that prosperity to you. There are also a ton of associations out there for other things that um, can be used either in a money oil or just directly into a money bowl or into a money sachet or whatever it might be. Um, crystals, of course you have anything green for the most part is going to have some type of money drawing, prosperity drawing element to it. Um, jade adventurine or great stones for that. I like to keep adventurine in my wallet to keep me from losing money. And I also put aventurine in travel charm bags that I make and the intention and petitions that I put in my travel charm bags um, when I throw them in my glove box is actually that I won't lose money while I'm on this trip that's unexpected, whether it be by a car accident um, or by unexpected purchases. And I put that in my glove box anytime I take a really long trip. Also, clear quartz can substitute for any stone that you have in this type of working. Herbs and plants associated with money, abundance, prosperity that can be used would include mint, allspice, cinnamon, basil, clove, all things that most people have in their spice cabinet already. You can also look to use a little more unusual plant ingredients like rose of Jericho, Spider plants and monsteras also invoke prosperity and bring that that abundance towards you. Putting it all together may look something similar to what I do when I'm completing a working for home finances. I actually use a space in my office on the desk where I do my work from home business. And so I cleanse my office, you know, the whole area where I'm going to be performing my work. I cast a circle of protection around the room. I call my deities and anyone else I may be working with um, if I feel like somebody else needs to be involved with this type of working. And I write my petition in a very specific way of how much I want, how I want to receive it, when I want to receive it by, how I don't want to receive it, and anything else specific that I can add. If it is a bill or something I'm trying to fulfill, I also have that with me while I'm writing my petition, and I use both of them in the money bowl. I will use a cauldron, um, typically, a small cauldron that I have, and I'll burn on a charcoal disc Uh, Different herbs that feel right to me at the time, but all herbs that correspond with um, prosperity and drawing money towards you and drawing, sometimes drawing luck if I'm looking for um, uh, some unexpected cash or unexpected finances. After I burn my herbs, I will state my intention out loud. In your head is fine, but I feel like I commit more when I say it out loud and I'll read my, my petition out loud. Then I'll add my money oil, I will drop in any crystals, and I will separately burn a green candle next to the working. Then I will set my petition and the bill or whatever it might be that I have underneath the cauldron and I will place money around it as an offering. Once the herbs are cool and uh, the bowl can be more easily moved, I will take the petition, the money, any loose change that I had, plus the remains of the green candle, and I will place all of that inside of my money bowl. And then I'll put it uh, in a safe area on my desk where it's out of reach of little hands and animals. And in that space, I will continue to feed it throughout the cycle that I'm working with because I always start these on a new moon and I will feed it with um, loose change, random cash that I receive, um, herbs, crystals, kind of whatever feels right and I will continue to add intention to it and fuel it with my energy throughout that cycle. Not everyone has a dedicated space where they can put a money bowl um, or any money drawing um, vessel, but if you do have the space, I would recommend setting up a permanent or maybe semi-permanent money altar in your home where you always have a place to drop change, to drop petitions for um, money, you know, always have a working money bowl. That's a really great thing to have in a home because it just invites so much prosperity. And it's, if you have an altar dedicated to it, you're constantly fueling it with your energy every time you go buy it. I think it's also important to state that if you are putting out a call to the universe to receive funds, you really have to work for it. You can't um, you can't just expect things to drop into your lap, um, as with any magical working there. Ha- it's a, it's a, it's an, it's a agreement that you have. So you have something to uphold as well. For example, if you are looking for more income, uh, an, an arrangement that you can make when you're petitioning for that increase in income is that you will start looking for jobs that have, uh, a higher paying salary than what you receive now. And that's you upholding your end of the bargain. If you're asking to, uh, to fulfill a bill or something that you have like that, then maybe your end of the bargain could be to cut back on spending to encourage that savings that you have to start building up. That's your end of the bargain. The next thing that I think of in home management is the dreaded shopping, meal planning, and cooking of the meals. I feel like cooking is always so fun unless you have to do it. (laughs) If it's something you're volunteering for or you're working on a special project for yourself or your family, it's so much fun. But when, you know, there's an expectation of you having to put dinner on the table every single day, it can grow a bit daunting and some of the joy can be taken out of it. So I always try to bring myself back to um, the joys of kitchen magic when I'm preparing a meal plan for the week um, because it helps me get through a little bit easier. So meal planning with magical intention is something that I have um, tried to incorporate as much as I can when I'm pulling up recipes that I want to shop for. When you're working intentions into your meal plan, maybe consider setting up recipes for specific purposes and intention and keeping them in your cookbook in that manner. Um, You know, having different recipes for open communication, different recipes for health, different recipes for prosperity, abundance, or maybe even love and romance. And decide what you wanna pull from that week based on what you feel that you need in your home to maintain balance. I received a cookbook when I got married. I think it's kind of like the newlywed cookbook is is what it was titled. And it allows you to write in your own meals and add a bunch of comments about those meals and and memories of you cooking, preparing, and and, uh, enjoying them with your spouse or with your family. And uh, I've gone back to those recipes and have added in magical correspondences so I can understand better what those meals um, could be purposed for. And, and I like having that, that freedom with my own write-in cookbook. Similarly, when you are writing out your shopping list, you can consider ingredients for meals and what they are commonly associated with. Um, if you are you know, not sure, there's tons of references out there you can find online or in a lot of different um, uh, witchy or magical books. And you could look up, you know, what is the magical property of a celery <laughs> root or, um, you know, or of green peppers or, you know, anything like that. And maybe that will influence the way that you shop for your meals. Maybe that'll help you kind of change up some of your recipes. Another great way of adding magic into your meal planning and cooking experience is by supporting your community shopping local if possible or looking to see where local produce or goods are sold. Finding that local connection to food just seems to make the meal feel more special because you know that you are giving back to the people who are working this land in you know any way that you can. You can also consider the quality of the product that you're purchasing and how it impacts the energy of your home and your family. Um, for example, you, know, you could look to see, would you feel more comfortable buying an organic version of whatever it is you're looking at? Or are you comfortable with preservatives or, or different things like that? I'm not judging either way, but it is something to consider. Do you feel better about one version of that product than the other? Do you think it would contribute to more positive energy in your home? over the other, and maybe that'll change the way that you have your shopping habits. Whew! it's getting warm in my office. <laughs> I don't know why, it just is. Okay, so kitchen magic is the next part of that. Now that you've gone through the planning and the shopping stages, kitchen magic, the more fun part of everything, obviously involves cooking with intention. So that takes a very mundane task and makes it very magical and special when you're considering the intention of your meal and putting your own energy into it for what you hope your family or you yourself gain from eating this meal. You can also bless your food, bless your utensils, bless your entire kitchen. And that adds to the magical energy of everything that you make in that kitchen, everything that you consume limiting waste while you're cooking is also a great way of adding magic into your meal you could buy products and use products in your cooking that have less plastic um, or you know consider composting the scraps that you have or freezing produce bits in order to make a broth later on limiting that waste that you create is one of the better ways to connect to nature which is really what it's all about isn't it okay let's talk about housekeeping cleaning is so important and we all have to adjust our schedules and our lives in order to to maintain in some fashion i've already talked about cleansing a home in another episode, and so I'm not really gonna talk about that. I wanted to kind of talk about my magical cleaning toolkit that I use whenever I'm cleaning the house with specific products um, or DIYs that I have. So when I am cleaning the house, I first and foremost got myself a cleaning caddy, those little plastic trays that you can carry around, And I have loaded it with items that I feel comfortable using in my home because they're clean. And most of the products that I use, if they're not something like uh, an organic cleaning product that I've purchased, they're DIY items that I have that have specific intentions with them. I have an all-purpose surface cleaner that is infused with lemon that I use for cleaning and purification of the majority of my surfaces whether it be my dining table my kitchen counters um, or you know any surface in my bathroom that I'm comfortable with. I also use a floor cleaner for my general mopping that's infused with rosemary and cedar wood that I use as my um, monthly protection cleaner and I clean it anytime I use, or use that cleaner anytime I mop. I have dogs who like to put their paws on the doors, and so I find that my doors often need to be wiped down. So I also have a door cleaner in my little cleaning caddy that I have mixed rosemary and peppermint into. When I'm gonna be vacuuming, I have a carpet powder that I've made. I went to the dollar store and picked up a, a shaker I suppose it's probably for grated cheese or or whatever you might want to put in there um, but I just picked up a little shaker bottle and I filled that with um, my baking soda um, and my whole herbs and essential oils lavender and rose are the primary ingredients there and I sprinkle that on my carpet oh I almost forgot I put cinnamon in mine as well and it smells really good um, but I sprinkle it all over my carpet whenever I'm going to be doing a deep clean on my carpet or at least once a month when I'm going to be vacuuming. I vacuum more often, but I don't always get the carpet cleaner. And then I fill the rest of my cleaning caddy with various other DIYs that I have for like degreasing, things like that, or eco-friendly products that uh, I'm comfortable using on all surfaces that my family might touch. When I'm cleaning, I want to clean with purpose. Otherwise, it's just another mundane task that I'm having to put up with. So I'm stating my intentions whenever I'm cleaning areas of purification or encouraging balance or removing toxins, whatever it might be. And I'm keeping that in the back of my mind while I'm going through those motions um, and adding my intention as best as I can. You can also enchant any products that you use, whether it be the tools or the spray chemicals that you're using. You can also recite incantations while you're performing a cleaning act or, you know, use different methods of raising the vibration of uh, of yourself, you know, through singing, dancing around while you're doing it, whatever you might be more comfortable with. And that adds so much intention and energy into your into your regular cleaning schedule. Lastly, I feel like when you're managing a household that's not just yourself, even when it is just yourself, but it's a little bit different if you're sharing space with other people, a big part of managing that home, at least for me, is ensuring that all needs of everyone in the home are being met. And I try to do that through um, identifying common goals or the wants and needs of of my family. And then I work on manifestation um, throughout those cycles to bring my family whatever their goals are. Um, I don't want to get too deep into this topic because next week I really want to talk about manifestation and vision boards as we're getting towards the new year. And that's a really great time to set up your yearly goals. But manifestation to me of common goals of the household even if it's just yourself, identifying your own goals and making those a reality is a big part of ensuring harmony and uh, a peaceful living space. And that wraps up part one of the managing a magical household possible series, depending on what I need to cover in the future that might strike my fancy. As always, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you listening. If you want to connect, or if you have anything you want to share with me about your magical household management, feel free to connect with me at Instagram. You can find me at a practical home podcast. I'm also over on Twitter, not as often, but I'm there at a practical home. And as always, you can email me at a practical home podcast at gmail.com. I hope you have a fantastic week ahead of you and we'll talk soon until next time. Bye-bye.